Okay, so uh, Money Gang Podcast uh, season premiere. You know, uh, I was expecting to put this out like what February fourth, but there was some issues going on. And before we even go any further with this episode, um, I would like to say, you know, it's been like I would say a roller coaster ride um, working with Anchor. You know, putting my podcast on this network and just seeing you know, the reach it has, and just how far I've come since, you know, uh, the summer of 2018. So I feel like this is an opportunity to just go ahead and let y'all know that after this season, um, which will kind of might be shortened, might or might, may or may not be shortened, but uh, the initial plans I have for season five um, probably won't go the way that I wish they would. Um, just a lot of technical stuff going on and stuff like that that, you know, just kind of boring to talk about. And I just, like I said, I learned a lot of lessons. And I'm looking for another network or another another place to put this podcast out and, you know, um, still, you know, gain another rapid fan base, which I already have, but... There's always new goals. There's always new heights to reach. And it's been crazy, you know. Um, But I learned a lot of stuff since the beginning of 2020, since, you know, I did this, some would say, partnership with Anchor. And it's been a lot of learning experiences and, you know, a lot of gems that I picked up along the way. But as I said, this is like the, the end of an era, so to speak, you know, so... This is, you know, going to be the last season that I'm, you know, the podcast will be on Anchor. And I'll be looking for another network to, you know, um, just like put this out with, you know, uh, put this on uh, digital streaming platforms. So, um, like I said, there's no like love lost to anything, but I just feel like, you know, this thing kind of ran its course and it just didn't go the way I thought it would have gone in the beginning of 2020. And here we are at the beginning of 2022. And I don't feel like no major, no major um, progress has been made or what I thought would have been done. And that time period, you know, at the peak of the pandemic and all that, I didn't think that, you know, this stuff would have transpired the way it did. So kind of a bittersweet moment, but I feel like this would have been the the perfect platform to let y'all know uh, uh, from the horse's mouth, you know, so it's always that, but like I said, we still gonna keep this thing going, we're gonna figure out another way to tap into these digital streaming platforms, so as you all know, huge power fan, boy, book two was something crazy now like I said, the original powers, uh, I think like the last three episodes are um, are always the best in the season. But on book two, they just took this to a whole new level. You feel me? Like, this was just crazy. Like, bro, this whole season has been fire. Even the first five episodes, and they took the little um, what, mid-season break, mid-season finale and all that, which... I've grown to, you know, get used to, but once you locked into the first five episodes, it's like, damn, we want to see episode six the next week, you know, and not have to wait that, what, what, two weeks, 
you know, but this is what they got to do to, you know, align the season finale with the, the next show season premiere. So I understand. But like I said, you know, um, there's a lot of shockers, you know, uh, Lauren got put in that pack. She got smoked. She ain't literally get smoked, but she's a pack. And with the accident and everything, it pretty much lets you know, like, this season, Tariq is just like, uh, he had a lot of stuff on his plate, which was just carried on from the first season. Now, you know, Tasha wasn't around, and he kind of had to call shots himself or get advice from Kanan, like, in his mind, you know, talking to his ghost, quote-unquote. So this season, I would say, I would say, bro, this is just, it took it to a new level, you feel me? Then you had the whole Mecha character coming in, and you didn't really know what he was fishing for. But if you you pay close attention, you like you pay close attention to like the questions he asking and all this stuff, like you could tell early on that he was a rat. You know, like he he already knew he was playing Kane, and the stuff that he's asking and all that stuff. Like you could tell that he's uh, this is just like a snitch. Like we didn't think he was the goat of global snitching, but. He definitely was a snitch, and like I said, snitches do not last in this uh in this power universe unless you uh Tasha St. Patrick or Tasha Green, or better yet, um Vanessa Edwards. <laughs> That's our new uh witness protection name or whatever. But I'm glad you see Tariq. He um he struggled with you know uh fighting like fighting for custody for his sister. And I'm glad that, you know, he got her in witness protection with Tasha. That was definitely like a, like a shed a tear moment right there. Because episodes before that, you saw her eating with her new family and all that. And that was just like heartbreaking to see. Because you know how much his uh, sister mean to him. So, this whole Method Man thing, bro, is crazy with Red Man. You know, Red Man is basically behind the wall for something that uh, Method Man had did. <laughs> And it's just crazy to see like yo that Wu Tang stuff still really in they uh in their veins. You feel me? Like, but overall, I would say this was probably better than the first season. But I don't. I would say it's better than the power. Like the the last few seasons of Power with the whole ghost shooting and all that. But Braden going and taking it like a G. When everybody thought he was going to snitch, everybody thought that last conversation that they had, uh, that he would flip on them. And uh, once he walks into that courtroom and he realized that he told him a lot of key evidence in that case, bro, we thought Braden would, uh, would snitch on him, but he didn't. He kept it solid. So that could only, you know, you can only look at Braden in that certain light, man, and that's like, you know, it's just one of those twist and turn things. But the whole Mecca, the whole snitching on Lobos and the whole, like, he the whole reason for the Angela and uh, ghost people looking into them. So that whole thing was crazy, bro. Like I said, this is definitely, like, I, I was on edge, like, really, like, on edge. Like, I don't know what's about to happen or whatever, like, but. Courtney Kemp, she's definitely a genius, man. So, it's uh, gotta give a big, a big shout out to her and just her 
being so good at her craft and, you know, knowing how to make these crime dramas. But like I said, as a crime drama fan, uh, like, bro, we had from November to what? To now, to the, what, February of Ghosts, then book four. Then after that, what, Snowfall is about to come back to. So it's just like... We will, like we definitely gonna be booked. Then you know, raising Canaan is gonna be back in uh the spring. You know, at some time, at some point. So, yeah, like we definitely gonna be booked for a minute. I just want to see you know how everything goes. But this power universe is definitely shaping into its own, and it's definitely very entertaining to watch. Which a lot of people thought that after the original, that it wouldn't be as you know as uh suspenseful as the original series but hey it's already giving it a run for its money and book two is looking like it's uh it's it's the front runner right now you feel me right now because we ain't even talked about the first two episodes of force book four with tommy which you know all black people <laughs> most black people we don't even call it that is is uh it's just tommy like you watched tommy last night and you know like he's just like the face the most anticipated character from the original series so to see his journey which everybody wanted because he kind of you know he kind of like uh he had that i would say like ride off into the sunset but it really wasn't like a happy thing because he was proposing and then keisha gets killed and then he think ghost shut down his operation he think ghost killed lakeisha or whatever and then he realized he was all wrong. So, and then he had to, uh, you know, relocate. Then he had to smoke Spanky on the uh, <laughs> on the sidewalk. So, and then he got the right, you know, to leave New York. He thought he was going to California. He didn't. Now he's in Chicago, which this would be, this is great. Because Chicago is a place that I love very much for some reason. Like, I've never been there. But, like, as far as music from the drill era, which is Kanye, which we're definitely going to talk about Kanye and his recent antics and episode one of This Genius Doc, which I think is a classic already. Phenomenal. But if you listen to like Chicago music and stuff, like at one point in the season, somebody got to say smoking on some type of pack. We got to hear that there in Chicago. Niggas is drilled. This is this is where drill music was born. You feel me? And if it wasn't, then it, like Fredo Santana said, it definitely came from 50 Cent on the song Heat. You feel me? Smoking on packs. Like that's drill music to the fullest. Like we, somebody has to smoke somebody's pack. But episode one, you know, you see Tommy... Riding his uh, infamous Mustang, which is, I think, is the most valuable character in the series. Like, this Mustang has been through a lot. From from ghost shooting it up to him getting it fixed, giving it back to him. Like, that, yeah, that that Mustang is definitely a, a valuable character in this series and will be for seasons to go on. But uh, the first two episodes, um, first episode you see Tommy riding he's thinking about everything that happened in the original uh power series and you know he thinks about I guess crashing his car or something then he realizes he's takes the exit and he's in Chicago and Tommy is just Tommy like regular Tommy shit you know met a bartender 
piped her out, you know, roughed the, roughed the dude up, ran into this, uh, I forgot what uh, nationality this dude is, but y'all know who I'm talking about, dude with the white hair, which he's guessing like, what, some type of crime boss, mob boss, got his own organization and all this stuff. You see how everything is really put in place, you know, but one thing I'm curious about is the CBI, um, was it Jaron and Diamond? I don't want to butcher these names, but I'm interested uh, with this Diamond character. I see on the, episode, the second episode, they became a lot closer. Well, I wouldn't say a lot closer, but they have a understanding of one another. Like, basically, you know, this is the episode where niggas is sizing each other up on the street level and seeing, like, nigga, like, nigga, you clocking my city, nigga? Like, he just peeping his movements and how time he is. So you can see once another street guy recognizes another street guy and know what's to come. You feel me? So it's cool. I would say, you know, this 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 uh installment of the power series is might go to be another classic, this first go round. You feel me? And it's Tommy, so everybody loves Tommy. And knowing that he know he has a brother, a black brother it's starting to come full circle now. <laughs> you feel me? Like Tommy, like Tommy was already welcome to the cookout. You feel me? Um, it's only a few white people I would say, you know, that I can count on my hands is welcome to the cookout. Eminem is one. Uh, Tommy is one, and Mac Miller would have been one. You feel me? So it's only three people that I I would say is invited to the cookout. You know, so. Yeah, I think Power uh, Book 4 is definitely going to be an uh, entertaining season. I mean, you never know what to expect from Tommy. Like, when he uh, put those people in the trunk and just, you know, walked off on his in his New York state of mind type time. So, we we got more stuff. We got to see how that unfold because, you know, Tommy, he, he plays by nobody's rules. So, <laughs> he it, it seems like he's walking up. He like, seems like he's barking up the right tree right about now and we know that he's not gonna fold in any situation not gonna snitch and i like the way he played the uh, police officer who was clearly racist towards diamond and it just shows you know like uh i've seen a post that said brayden and tommy they they know when to use their white privilege and that's a smart that's a smart way to you know have those people around because in certain situations like we can't win you know, and we need somebody on that side to, you know, smooth things out sometimes. Well, if y'all get what I'm saying, you had to watch both of these the season finale and the first two episodes to understand what I'm saying in that aspect. So, like I said, uh, much love to Courtney Kemp. She's definitely very talented, definitely beautiful uh, black lady that's killing it in the crime drama scene. And the crime drama series right now. You feel me? And big ups to her, man. So, everybody want to talk about the Super Bowl parades. Was today Matthew Stafford getting throwed? Aaron Donald shirtless, flexing. Ramsey, Billy and Ramsey. J-Rock performs. Like, bro, I wish I was in L.A. today. I wish I was in L.A. today. And the fact that LeBron just sparked this crazy idea about the Lakers and Rams. Like, why didn't it happen? We had a bubble championship, you feel me? And we still didn't have the parade yet. Why not let it happen, Dodgers, Rams, Lakers? Why not? Why not, bro? Like, it's just crazy. But like I'm saying, um, 
I never thought out these words would ever come out of my mouth. Matthew Stafford is a Super Bowl champion, bro. You feel me? Von Miller is a two-time Ramsey first time. I'm, I'm very happy for Odell, even though he rose to fame playing against my boys in the game they lost. But I'm very, I'm very happy for him, and it's good. You feel me for the league, but a lot of people saying that it was fixed and all this stuff because it's in L.A. and the refs taking a little money, this, that, and the third. I mean, I wouldn't say all that. But what I would say, you know, is you can't take away, you know, they knocked off Brady, you feel me? And it just seemed like they, they just had the motivation right there. I mean, everybody expect the Rams to be the, like the Rams to win for the last few years. So the fact that they finally got it done. Now they saying running back is the NFL. It's not that easy, you know. But it's not like the NBA. But it's still, you know, still a task. And if they can run it back, hey, who's to say? But hopefully we can knock them off and, you know, we can be in there, you know. Uh, what's going to be at uh, Arizona next year, Super Bowl in Arizona. So, yeah, we could see Cowboys in there, baby. And Arizona used to be in the uh, – NFC East. A lot of people don't know that. That's like a fun fact. So, um, let's move it on to Kanye. So, and all, uh, congratulations. Much respect to Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay, and everybody that's involved in, um, involved in this Super Bowl season for them. Like, and all, historically, I'm not supposed to like the Rams. But I give credit where it's due. I mean, even before uh, we get into Kanye, um, see, initially, you know, on the 25th and 26th, I was working on the episode for dedicating to Kobe and Gigi. But the anchor stuff happened, and I don't know if that episode will come out ever. If it does, I hope it does. But you will know that this was the original season premiere, and um, that where I, that's where I was going at first, but... It's just kind of like devastating, like devastating to know that you're doing a tribute to somebody and somebody's working on your shit and you can't even put the content out that you want or know if it will ever be put out. So I'm just, you know, doing this episode today. But uh, I, I like I felt like the the content that I had was great enough to the point where it's not something that can be redone. You feel me? And that's just all it was. And the energy that I had, you know, towards everything, it was kind of crazy and organic and natural. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll see the episode. Maybe uh, maybe y'all will hear it. Maybe I won't. But if y'all do, just know that was the original uh, season premiere for uh, season five. So, Kanye West's latest antics. And... I don't know. I wouldn't say I'm biased because when it comes to Kanye, I just pretty much just uh, cut it down the middle. You feel me? So, like, saying all this stuff he's doing now, uh, calling Pete Davidson skeet. And <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm just, I'm not going to say too much about that, that uh, what he calls Pete Davidson. But it's just funny. And, and if I was in Kanye's position, I wouldn't call him that. I'm just going to say that. And I know it's a lot of, you know, kids listening and stuff like that. So I'm not going to do a deep dive on why Kanye shouldn't call him that. But just know he shouldn't call him that. But 
I'm gonna look at it from a standpoint. You know, um, if Kanye doesn't do anything at all, if he doesn't do anything at all, then everybody's saying he's a deadbeat. He's just a normal black father. That's the narrative that's gonna be painted. But he's being passionate. I'm just coming out and saying he wants his family back. You feel me? But even then, he's obsessive and crazy. So it's like he's he's never gonna win. But this is uh this is a whole Kanye Ben dug himself in. He's like damned if I do, damned if I don't with him. It's always usually that people are always gonna have their perception or how they view him or understand his uh you know his rants and you know Instagram posts. He posts a lot of pictures over this time, splitting himself up. Um, like the Civil War picture, him mad at Kid Cudi, stuff like that, and posting uh, conversations with Kim Kardashian. That was a bit, well, not a bit, that was very extreme, but I don't know. Maybe he, he has a method to his madness, but honestly, I feel like all of this stuff is coming from a genuine place of a guy who just wants to reconcile with his ex-wife and be with his kids. So, that's pretty much how I would look at this. I mean, I don't know. I know what everybody else is saying, but this is easy we talking about here. So, so let's talk about the old Kanye. Straight from the gold Kanye. Chop up the soul Kanye. You feel me? Now, this genius documentary. Like I said, this is a classic. I'm going to tell you off the rip. I watched the first act, episode one. This is a classic. I would say cult classic, but this is a this is a classic. Like there's no way around. There's no way around this, bro. This is a certified classic. It's just and it's very inspiring to watch him. And I seen the uh the clip of the uh the young Wayno with the rocker uh rocker wear on with the braids in the office. Um just to see him going to Rockefeller offices playing all falls down which went on to be a classic song um and just seeing you know like nobody was interested and just seeing his passion and just knowing what he could be in an era where people were looking for the next jay-z or the next dmx you feel me um or the next you know like nelly or somebody like that and when the rap game was at at that time like Nobody thought that a producer, rapper, would be profitable or you could sell that. They just thought he would be better as a producer, but he always never steered away from his dreams. And that's where the inspiration comes in because it's just captivating, a captivating hip-hop, like, time travel. And it's very inspiring, man. And just how they ended it, getting his chain from the infamous chain and day scene, it just goes to show, like, bro, just never stop. And and if anything, which that's a lot of stuff going on with me that I really don't talk about and I really don't talk to anybody about. And it's probably my toxic trait, but that is everything I needed to see. Like, he never gave up. And even when people didn't think that he would be anything other than a producer, he always rapped on his beats before... Uh, he sold his beats to another artist. He always tried. 
He always shopped his uh his raps, his demos, um, to labels. You feel me? Like he never gave up, bro. And to see where he is now and just like a global icon to some. It's just like either you think he's a genius or you just think he's an idiot. It's really no great area with Kanye, but to show that just basically even back then he was ahead of the curve. He knew what he could be. And if that's not something inspiring to everybody in the world, to him, it just shows like, bro, you never steer away from dreams. You always stay down. And more importantly, you just always believe in yourself because everybody's not going to believe. Nobody's going to believe that you can be where you know you can be. It may seem impossible to a lot of people, but this, I feel like, yo, this is going to be a classic already. And I'm, I'm, I can't wait to the next episode that drop on the 23rd. And it's just, it's very entertaining, you know. And shout out to this cootie dude, bro, because who the fuck would have thought to record all of this ancient history, bro? And now, like, the documentary is finally out. Like, who would have thought that fucking, what, 1920, 1920 years ago, like, to pick up a camera and just follow around a young Kanye and his moves and his rants and stuff, like, bro. That nigga is a genius. You feel me? It himself. Like, but it showed me a lot about uh, Chicago. Like I said, I love Chicago. And it show, in the first beginning, showed me a lot of stuff about, you know, how they only had certain artists, you know. And they didn't have a platinum artist. And kind, I'm in Common. Common Sense. Everybody know Common. Everybody loves Common now. Um... He didn't even have a gold album like to his fifth one. You feel me? And he had to move to New York to actually pop, like. So it's just like, it showed that he wanted to be, you know, the premier artist from Chicago, and for a long time he was, you know. So it's just some entertaining to watch, man. For real, for real. And this last part, it may be a little touchy, but. You got to get into it, like Isaiah Rashad. We, we definitely got to talk about this. But before we do that, I'm going to hit y'all with this advertisement, and I'm going to close it out. So, I guess it's a bit of a touchy subject with, you know, the LGBTQ community. But it was it just last week around this time it was a bit of a news to realize that you know Isaiah Rashad was going through what he was going through and you know out it like that um you know it was a bit of of a surprise you know because I'm one of those like damn near what decade fans of TDE so I just thought you know initially that Black Hippie Crew was the whole label so once, you know, they expand in 2013, 2014, and, you know, they signed Isaiah Rashad from Chattanooga, and, you know, they signed SZA. You know, I thought it was, like, the beginning of a new era with TDE, you know, so, um, now, fast forward, you know, he drops, Isaiah drops a classic project called Sylvia Demo, and, you know, a couple of years later, the son's tirade, 
And, you know, most recently, um, he dropped The House is Burning. And those are all very stellar projects, like great releases, in my opinion. And I have, you know, high expectations for him, you know, since he took this long break from releasing music. Obviously, he had, you know, fighting demons such as depression and going to rehab for, you know, drinking and stuff like that. And it's just, you know, it's crazy, you know. And once this came out, you know, once Sex Tape came out and it was two men and he's performing oral sex on another man, it just got kind of uh, scary, you know. And for the most part, you saw nothing but respect coming from, uh, you know, people on social media. But uh, we haven't really seen his core fan base and to people who have this expectation of Zay is kind of it's kind of something like it's a touchy, it's a weird kind of touchy subject. And the way it's looking, I'm guessing uh, TDE, they got them. They probably already knew the way they're going about it. Because it's not really much said from Punch or Top Dog or whoever, so I'm I'm pretty sure everybody and everybody on the label and everybody that works with the label pretty much already knew, you know. But nobody knew that he would get out it like this. Um, it's just crazy. Like, it's one of my favorite artists, and I'm not. I'm just be real. Like, it just kind of threw me for a loop because you know comes from a legendary place, you know, Tennessee. A lot of uh, hip-hop comes out of Tennessee. Dolph, you know, 3-6 Mafia, Young Buck, you know, and the list goes on, you know. So to have that expectation, you know, um, it's just like, um, it's just something I didn't expect to see on my feed and, you know, to see, and I didn't expect to see anything, you know, but like it's a social media era. So not even if you're looking for it, goddammit, you're going to see it. And it's just one of those cases where I've seen two videos and it's just, you know, everybody's quick to say, oh, well, is he broke or he trying to boost his career because he's seen what Lil Nas X did. Well, let me go ahead and just uh, stop that argument or stop that statement because this is hip hop. You feel me? Like, this is not pop or anything like that where, you're, where your fan base is something completely different, you know? And when Old Town Road came out, I mean, nobody thought that Lil Nas X was gay. It was, a, what, to, like, when the album came out and all that. I think he had a song up there where he's kind of, um, uh, like, you know, like, getting at it. But... That's the whole difference in that. This is hip-hop, and you know, um, I don't even know dude name uh, club going up on a Tuesday. Once it was revealed that he was gay, his career just totally fizzled out. So that's what I'm saying. It's something completely different. And in hip-hop, that's, you know, a lot of, it's been a lot of sayings over, the, like, a lot of interviews with artists from Jada Kiss and everybody. They're asking, like, yeah, will it be... Do you think hip hop is coming to where it's gonna be a first like openly gay rapper? Lil Nas X is not a rapper by any uh, means. He is a pop star, so that's that's something completely different. But in the hip hop genre, you know, it's certain stuff like it's just you can't associate with that, you know. And it's it's 
I don't want to say hard pill to swallow or whatever, anything like that, but it's just it's just a different ball game when you look at hip hop versus the other other genres like a country music star that's gay has a successful career. Um a gay R&B artist, successful career like uh a heavy metal punk rock rock star or whatever, like it's different when you talk about hip hop it's something very different. So it's a lot of people saying, oh, maybe he leaked those videos himself just to, I don't think that he released those himself. And it's like an evasion of privacy to out somebody like that if they still are in the closet and they want to, you know, maybe release their, come out the closet through music or do some interviews. Well, it's, it's looking like he needs to do interviews right now, you know, but, um, and I feel like the best thing to do at this point is just embrace it and just embrace who you are and, you know, do some interviews and talk about the whole experience and talk about, like, how this became what it was or how long you've, you know, been like this. Because we we know for sure he has, you know, a girl, baby mama and a child, you know, so we didn't never think like, you know, and the music that he puts out is nothing that, you know, you could say like or like. It's nothing that you could tell, you feel me? On the other hand, it's like trying to do this whole little Nas X thing, man. It's not going it's not a fair comparison because he's in a lane that's completely different. So I think the way to go about this is for people to just like like let people live their life, honestly, man. And um just I feel like he needs to come out and just speak on it and not be silent this whole time because what is that gonna do? You know? I mean, everybody saw it or everybody heard about it. So it's no point of being silent now when it's a it's a topic that needs to be addressed. And I think like that will help rather than not saying nothing at all. And then you got a case like that uh, club going up on Tuesday, dude, where you're just going to fizzle out. And we don't know. Obviously, he has mental issues. So I hope none of this plays until, you know, him doing self-harming or anything like that. So. I just say, you know, I just feel like he needs to come out and just, you know, talk about the situation and, you know, enlighten all of us, you know. So maybe it'll, maybe it'll help, but definitely not saying nothing is not going to help. So, I mean, Top Dog, I know they got their PR team and everything. So I'm sure they'll handle it like uh, professionals. And I know something good will come from this. Will I stop listening to his music? Definitely not. But it's going to be... This is like make a break for him, however he goes about this situation. So, and I, and I want to see his career further because the house is burning. It came at a significant time for me. And, you know, it's definitely a great project. And he already said he wasn't taking four more years to drop another album. So he'll be right back. So I hope none of this really um, affects the new music that we have and may hopefully if he doesn't do any interviews or anything maybe he can you know talk about this on his next album and it'd be something very special and i feel like that's pretty much the way to go so gonna wrap this episode up if you notice i ain't say nothing about that super bowl halftime performance on this episode i'm gonna save it for the next one since it's so legendary and it's definitely top tier you see how the impact of hip-hop influenced everybody it's a moment you feel me it's definitely a moment so we're gonna close this out man 
season five premiere. Hope everybody enjoyed this, y'all. Everybody stay blessed out there.